How's it going, everybody? Luke Buckley, Joe Marino here, Costly Optimistic Podcast. Fourth episode, by my count, of the season. Off off top, as the kids say. Uh, recapping a pretty good road trip. I mean, pretty good. I mean, it couldn't have gone, I don't think many people anticipated it to go much better than it did. Uh, six points, three and one. Rough finish, more than rough. But uh, successful nonetheless. Sabers at a four and two record, uh, headed home for a couple games. Yeah, what what did we say last week? We were we, hoping, you know, what like five out of? Yes, we were hoping for five, five, five points. Five well, points. Well, they get they got six. So they have six. I think good. I pushed it to five or six points because I thought you should definitely beat uh, uh, Vancouver and Seattle. Right. Which. It didn't work out that way. They beat Vancouver and Calgary uh, after the Edmonton game. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, we we met our goal, right? Yeah. So obviously the Edmonton and Calgary game is very impressive. They got great goaltending in both games. I think Comrie had 40-plus saves in both games, which yes. is the first time in the history of the Sabres franchise where – a goaltender had 40 plus saves and back-to-back wins, which is crazy considering the amount of great goaltenders like Hashik, Ryan Miller have played for the Sabres. So great company there for Eric Comrie. Uh, didn't have a, a great game yesterday against Seattle, but Nobody obviously, well. yeah, it, <laughs> it was just a very rough game. Altogether. Uh, uh, hopefully, they can figure it out for the next game, but the other three games very good. Like they they clobbered Vancouver. Uh, when I watched the Calgary game, the first period wasn't great, but the second period, like they came out guns blazing. It was a great game. So they've been getting good goaltending for the most part. Uh, some injuries are piling up. Samuelson had a rough looking injury in that Vancouver game. Uh, I guess he avoided the worst like he didn't tear his ACL or anything like that so we don't have like a firm timetable on how long he's going to be out for but I'm assuming it'll be weeks not not months weeks so hopefully nothing crazy there and Yoki Haru too uh I don't know what's going on with him definitely a head injury of some sort but uh both of them are put on IR so you could assume that they will be out for a little bit at least so right and i i feel like uh i you know we were discussing we we couldn't find exactly the length of the injury before we came on here but i think it's it's said to be weeks for samuelson not yeah like you said not uh not the worst case scenario but you definitely like to have them out there uh but at least they avoided complete disaster yeah, they're definitely missing him. Uh, very evident in the Seattle game. So, Elliot Friedman, thirty-two thoughts. The the blog just got released like thirty minutes ago, and he speculated that with the Saber starting so hot, uh, could they potentially look to add a defenseman uh, in the absence of Samuelson and Yoki Haru, which are two key members of the blue line, whether like Yoki Haru or not. Uh, very important. Uh, one of their only right shot defensemen on the team. So I don't. I don't know what kind of defenseman you think they would add in theory, because you know they did 
add some pretty solid depth for Rochester. Like Lawrence Pilot is up. Cal Clegg just got called up to Casey Fitzgerald is still around. Uh, maybe Oscar Loxanen gets a chance. Eventually, Chase Prisky, Jeremy Davies. Like these are, there's a decent depth. So maybe they look to give one of those guys a fighting chance. But you know, maybe looking back when they had these hot starts, like under Botterill and Kruger and Housley those years, they did nothing to like supplement the team. Right. They just sat around, watched the season die in front of their eyes when they could have make they could have made a trade to try and improve the team a little bit. So maybe, you know, they win like three of their next five or four of their next six. And they're like, okay, this is a pretty solid start. Good month of October. You're going into November. Looking pretty good. Maybe we try and bolster this team a little bit. I don't think they will, but it's an interesting thing to think about. It's kind of like like a potential trade that I'm thinking of is like someone that can come dirt cheap. Like remember last year when all their goalies were getting hurt, no one was playing well. They get Malcolm Subban for future considerations. Like that's the yeah. kind of thing I'm thinking of where they just get a guy for nothing basically. Right. Just yeah. Yeah. I just want to get a guy in a door. Maybe someone pops up on waivers. I think that's an option yeah. too. Uh, but I don't want to give up any yeah, I don't, I don't want to give up an asset, like even if it's a six round pick, I don't want to give up anything just for a, practically a rental, uh, another depth guy. Um uh I I I I'm actually intrigued by who would be the next man up in case there is another injury. I wonder if it would be Clegg or uh Loxanen, like you brought up. Um because there has been a uh, a rash of injuries, so um, I don't know. There, it created some uh, interesting pairings, though, yesterday, and we had talked about that a little bit in the last show too. Um, potential uh, different defensive pairings, but um, got to see uh, power get a little more time. Oh, my TV's turned off, uh, but um, no, um, certainly some early. Uh, Early attrition or adversity, I think, would be the better word. Here's a name for you. What about a guy like Ethan Bear from the Carolina Hurricanes? Not oh, playing a whole lot. Yeah. See, he I'd be in favor of that because they might be able um, to get him for free. Who knows? Yeah, perhaps. Uh, but I think he's he's even more than uh, a depth piece. Maybe. Well, I mean, obviously he's depth, but uh, he can contribute a little more than what you typically think of a cheap bargain being defenseman yeah like for a guy like bear like he's not performing super well but i believe his underlying numbers are pretty good uh definitely was better in edmonton than carolina but you know if they cost like a fifth or sixth round pick to get ethan bear and you're you get a right shot defenseman i don't know that's a gamble i'd be willing to take why not especially like if another guy goes down like I don't I don't even want to manifest this, but like if uh let's say like power sprains his ankle or something, like you're really in deep trouble at that point. It looked like there was a bit of a scare uh yesterday. I don't remember who it was though. Uh but uh everything worked out fine, of course. Everyone is healthy today. But um no, I mean, yeah, they're 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 one more guy getting banged up away from uh, having to really dig in 
um, to, uh, to their bag, so to speak. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they're having a pretty strong start to the season. Like if you, if you put your blinders on and forget about that Seattle game, like they're playing really well. So, and that's the thing, uh, young team, you got to put this loss behind them and just move forward. And because like Sabres teams of the past, like we just talked about before, like Botterill's teams, Housley's teams, Kruger's teams, uh, this would stick with them. But Mm -hmm. let's see if this group is different. We think it's going to be different, but let's, see it for real now you, you know what? it's about overcoming adversity right point. and i'm happy this came this early in the season because i always like to see how the team can respond to a bad performance and uh they have a i think maybe tougher than expected montreal team next up uh montreal right. three wins this season um but no it's good that we're uh getting a bit of this uh this only six games into the year where, um, you know, let's see how they come back. Let's see how they, uh, let's see how they bounce back. Yeah. This will be an interesting test. Montreal. They're, they're clearly not pushovers anymore. You got Chicago on Saturday, which, you know, they should win that game. Like these are two games coming up where, you know, if they're trying to compete for a playoff spot this year, you got to win these two games. Like you can't drop, like if they lose these next two games, you drop a game to Seattle, Montreal, and Chicago. Like these are games that you got to win. Like if we were looking a week ago and we were looking forward to these three games, we're probably saying you got to win at least two out of three of those. Mm-hmm. You got to take four out of six points there. So we're looking ahead. You got to win those games. And then you got the schedule gets a little tough from there on out. Pittsburgh, Carolina, Tampa. And then you get a little break with Arizona, but then you got Vegas, you got Boston, and those are two of the best teams in the league right now. So it's not going to get any easier, but this is this should be a nice cushion that they can build off of here. Yeah, and I'd rather this than uh, seeing how they uh, respond to a uh, three-game losing streak or such, but uh, hopefully you don't see that uh, too soon. Right, and... Again, Detroit is right after that too, and they're. I mean, it's very early to be looking at standings right now, but Detroit is currently tied with the Sabers for the wild card spots in the East. So, hey, I I never think it's too early because every game ends up mattering in the long run, and these are going to be the ones that we look back to. You know, if let's say, uh, let's say Seattle starts to slip up and finishes third last. Uh, in the West, we're going to say, well, if they played a little bit better against Seattle and, you know, we're a couple games of a playoff spot, then they all matter. I've long believed that. Yeah, I, I believe that, too. Like, every game is important. Every game should, in theory, mean the same. So we're not in, ta- we're not in Vancouver Canucks Connor Bedard mode here. Like, oh, dear are- God. We what are very much. I want. I want to see these guys get to like ninety points. Like, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't need them to make the playoffs. I want them to make it interesting. For God's sake, I don't want to be out of it by Thanksgiving. You know, I just, I just want to see some meaningful hockey. That's all that you can really imagine. Wow. And and not like this matters, but like I was playing NHL twenty three franchise mode yesterday because I couldn't sleep. I woke up mm. at like five a.m. and just like you know, I'm, I'll just play. And then 
right before work. And then I did the, I did like a full season before work and we finished with 91 points. We just missed the playoffs. Like, Oh, and I'm like, you know, that's a pretty, that's a solid year. Like, yeah. See, you were getting virtual respect. Yeah. <laughs> virtual respect. You didn't make it, but you know, the guys grew. It's a good moral victories. So. Man, there are a lot of home games coming up. Sabres right. gonna be on a uh, four-game home stand. You're going tomorrow. I'm going tomorrow. I'm yep. going on Monday against the Red Wings. So nice, fun. I'm gonna be in a suite. That's gonna be fun experience for sure. My yeah, second game nice of the year. Lately, you know the Sabres are winning games when I'm there. So. Yeah, um, I know. I haven't been to a game that we lost in a, in a while, I feel like. Right. Yeah, because we went to the Coyotes game yes. last year, and they won. That's right. Our uh, experience. Yeah, that was a fun game. Uh, then I I went to the first Canadians game last year when we faced Sam Montembeau and killed yeah, them. Yeah, I, I was there as well. The, the home open, that was the home opener, right? Oh, Montreal the home opener, and they just clobbered them. Was it the? I don't think it was the home opener. I might hang on a second. Maybe it wasn't as early in the season as I thought. I remember Tage scored though. I don't know if he scored in the home opener last year. Did he? Mm, I don't remember. I know Poso did. Ah, uh, well, anyway, you know, <laughs> they won, and it was it was a fun time. I just love the atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, atmosphere of the game that I went to the home opener was very energetic and lively. So mm-hmm. hopefully, I just want to see that building rocking. I just really do. Uh, uh, I was see... rem- reminiscing about like, man, it's really been eleven years since this team has made the playoffs. Like, yeah. and they weren't even that good that year. That's the thing. Like, twelve years ago, they won the division. And they really haven't looked back. So, yeah, I'm just hoping that's why I I really wish they were able to win yesterday, because I think a five and one team coming back from a West road trip that was what a week and a half long. Right. Sweeping the road trip. That would have been huge. Yeah. Like the place would have been buzzing, I think, for a division rival. Uh, I think it could still be. You know, it could still be uh bumping a bit, as the kids say. Right. Tomorrow, they come out, um, come out uh, guns a-blazing, though. They got to come out fast and hard. Oh, I think this team will have no problem getting up for the game tomorrow. Yeah, I, How do I you don't get... think they're going to be like those old Sabres teams where, oh, oh my God, we gave up a goal. What are we doing? Yeah. Like, it's not going to be like that anymore. I, At least I, I like... hope not. <laughs> You can't come out and get blasted by Seattle and then not say, all right, we're going to four-game homestand. Let's start it strong. Let's come out guns a-blazing on a, a, you know, a, a better-than-we-thought Canadians team, but still they're at the bottom of the Atlantic. Let's keep them down there. Nothing's washing ashore here in our side of the Atlantic. Important game. Got to win it. What do you think of Rasmus Dahlin, Mr. Norris Trophy, potentially? I, he's been great. He's, he's been, been excellent. Really good. Uh, he broke that convoluted word salad record uh, by two goals, by two games. 
Uh, and I never want to hear about that record again because it is too difficult to describe. Hang on. I would love to find out the last time a Sabres defenseman scored in five straight games, whether it's the beginning of the season or not. Uh, I wish I we had a I would statistician. Love to know. I don't think I would guess that it hasn't happened in the last 15 years at the very least. I highly Ooh, doubt it. Who I, would I bet even Phil, Housley, like, Phil Housley was probably the last one. Has oh, probably. Yeah. Would like would a like would Elias Sports Bureau have that info? I don't even know. <laughs> like because <laughs> you know, these people uh you know, they get their stats from somewhere. Yeah. Maybe I'm on the PR department has that info. I mean, if I looked hard enough, I'm sure I could find it, but <laughs> on their website. Live Sports Bureau, and they are not the official statistician of the NHL. I wonder who is. Hockey reference? Uh, mm. I don't know. I'm sure hockey reference could have it. I'm in a go- Sabres defenseman. Five game, five straight goals. I don't know. Hang on. I probably won't be able to find it, but whatever. Yeah, I, I doubt we'll be able to find it. Yeah. We're not statisticians here. Very good start for him. It's not his prototypical slow start. I think we said it last week. Uh, yep. This is very huge for him to come out hot. So if he can just keep it up like the whole year and we don't see the like bumbling Rasmus Dahlin that we've seen for I not a long stretch, but like a little bit of a stretch the last few years. He's had some times where he does not look very good. Mm-hmm. And yet the people saying, oh, man, this guy, not good. Trade him. But now those people have been silenced because the guy looks like a top flight defenseman in the NHL, yeah. which is super exciting. <laughs> yeah, nothing points to any kind of regression. I think he's reached a point and he's reached an age of maturity where I think he's 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 settled in to who he is yeah i'm telling you ever since that all-star break last year he's been elevated to another level um yeah he can get even better i think the world of Dowling. i'm glad um, they held on to him i'm glad they didn't trade him for a forward like a lot of the discourse on twitter has been over the last two three years especially with power now like power can become what Dowling is or even better like, like we were talking about this last week, I'm pretty sure. Like, it might take him some time. He's not going to be perfect mm-hmm. to start. He's going to make mistakes, and that's the learning process. That's the process. So if it takes him a few years to get to that point, we're not going to be thinking about, oh, man, it took three years for Owen Power to become great. We're going to be thinking, man, we have <laughs> Owen Power and Rasmus Dahlin. We got two number one defensemen. So... Well, he has looked excellent uh, yeah. since the second game of the season. Uh, well, since uh, since the third game of the season. Um, that was the Edmonton one, right? Third game of the year? Yeah, it was Edmonton. Yeah. Uh, so since Edmonton, he's looked, I think he's looked awesome. He had a bad turnover yesterday. I, I was in and out of it yesterday because I was a little preoccupied, but. I'm pretty sure I saw on Twitter that he had a rough turnover at some point and might have led to a goal. 
honestly, though, like as far as yesterday and I, heck, they're probably even saying this in the locker room. Like, just wipe the slate clean. Everybody had a bad game. I don't. I don't think it means much if one guy made a mistake or you know, like uh, no one mistake. I think should stand out over the others because the the whole team was pretty dreadful. Right. And Middlestat, Casey Middlestat, is the one who has been drawing the most criticism all season long. I haven't watched every game. Like like I said yesterday, I was in and out. I had some stuff going on, a little preoccupied, but like I had it on. But and then I think what other game did I miss? He like every time I haven't watched one of the games, he I just you say you miss Vancouver. Yeah, I miss Vancouver. You watch the too. Alberta games. You told yeah, me. I watch the Alberta games, but. I think the calorie game middle stat was awesome. Like in the yeah. games that I've watched, I've liked middle stats games. So yeah, uh, um, maybe I'm just missing it, but cause like he's, he's a whipping boy. Like right. been here a long time. He hasn't really lived up to his draft status. I still think he's a useful player, but mm-hmm. is he expendable? Absolutely. But I just see him getting eviscerated on Twitter every single game. And I'm like, Oh no, but I uh, think we'll these since his uh since the game where he scored his first goal uh was that that was Edmonton was it I believe or so yeah a lot of was, stuff happened at Edmonton game it might have been Calgary um, I don't know it I think it was Calgary games. it was Calgary because that was yeah. the third that was the first period where we were going off I think he's been really good since then he's definitely stuck out more um I can't recall off the top of my head if they moved him around on the uh on the lines a bit but um. He hasn't nearly stuck out in a bad way like he did to um, start the year. Yeah, I'm going to pay more attention. I Lots of stuff. Like I'm moving. I'm getting a yeah. new job. So like I've had to put the Sabres on the back burner for a little bit. But uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to pay a little more attention in the middle of that here and see what's actually going on. I don't think he's going to be here long term, but. People are acting like this guy should be waived for goodness but sake. I don't think that's going to happen. He's a solid. He's a solid uh, middle of the lineup contributor right now. Yeah, he's a guy. He's a guy. He's a guy. He's, not, he's, a guy. he's not going to be an elite player like we were all hoping he would be in 2018. It's not going to happen. Right. Uh, um, I wait, think I, most people uh, have accepted that Casey Middlestad is a bottom six player at this point, yeah. and that's probably for the best, honestly. But. Yeah, uh, I'm rooting for him. No one has any uh, illusions of grandeur. Yeah, if you still are holding Casey Middlestat's draft status against them, I don't know what to tell you. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you believe to, he was drafted like five years ago? Isn't that crazy. Six that years ago? was our, our our high school graduation yeah. day. <laughs> I was following along with the draft during the high school graduation. Mm-hmm. Casey Middlestat was drafted during the national anthem, and I couldn't care less. I was following yep. the draft. Jake <laughs> Ottinger was drafted that night, I think. Right, it was first goalie off the board. Yeah, Dallas so, traded uh, up for him. I'm pretty sure, or maybe they traded back. No, Chicago working out. Chicago traded down for Yoki Haru, and Dallas picked uh, Ottinger. It's working for them, that's for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's that that's that's our forever link to uh, Casey Middlestat. So maybe if they do trade him, a part of us will be lost. 
I was fully entrenched really. in the Casey Middlestat hype train. I mm-hmm. I had his USA jersey, his uh one of his Sabres jerseys, uh, his Minnesota Gophers jersey. I have an autographed Casey Middlestat puck. I was My God. fully entrenched in the hype train. I, I drank a, the Kool-Aid. I, I have a picture with him uh, from when I worked at David Adams. I have a picture with him. I met him there when he did a signing. Uh, he's he's a very nice guy. Very nice. Yeah. I, I imagine he's a quiet, reserved. I remember. Yeah, yeah. I remember him walking the door. I was at the front uh, and he goes, hi, I'm Casey. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> like, oh, I didn't say this. But I'm thinking, oh, Mr. Middlestat, you don't have to choose yourself. I know you are right this way. <laughs> No, um, he's a nice guy. Yeah, I hope for the best. Uh, mm-hmm. Hate to see a poor kid get eviscerated on Twitter during every game, but yeah, I know he's not getting waved, folks. I, I know we all want to see Jack Quinn and Peyton Krebs play. We'll get to that next, but I like, don't know they're how they're not waving him. I don't. I just cannot imagine that. <laughs> I can't even think of the mental strength that these players have to have. Can you just imagine getting constantly browbeaten and pooped on it, essentially? Oh, man. If I were a professional athlete, I would not be on social media. I wouldn't. I don't think I'm mentally tough enough to deal with that constant (laughs) pressure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Like, I don't like when some... 55 year old man calls me a moron for liking Matthew Savoy or something like that. Yeah, I know. Uh, When one guy does it, I can't imagine when a whole fan base is just ripping you to shreds. I had somebody call me a media guy one time. I remember that. That's like, how am I a media guy? (laughs) (laughs) I still think about that all the time. I'm like, God, what? I'm pretty sure I had that guy muted too. You you always know it's going to be good when you're seeing someone get in an argument with a guy you already have that's muted. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like if you're called a media guy these days, then you have a target on your back in some way. So I think that's why I was so shook about it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, Next topic I want to talk about. Uh, We were last week. Uh, I think this is when Hinnestroza started to get in the lineup, and he mm-hmm. what do you have like three assists in the Edmonton yes. game in his first game, and he's he's still been good. Uh, he, he, what is he playing with Cousins and Paterka? I believe I don't know if that got mixed up yesterday or not, but they were playing pretty well together. Uh, mm-hmm. Hinnestroza is showing that he belongs, and you know Quinn and Krebs, they're just fighting for a spot at this point. They've been in and out of the lineup. They're on the fourth line. It's, it sucks. I, I don't know how to feel. Because obviously, Henestrosa, I think he gives them the best chance to win games right now. He's mm-hmm. better than both of them currently. He's playing well. I would like to see Jack Quinn get some more power play time. He scored yesterday, but it got taken off for an offside It was a crafty little, crafty little goal, too. Yeah. So I liked it. Sucks that that got taken away, but they got to figure something out here because I think you can't really expect much when these guys are on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. Like you can't expect Quinn to perform offensively when he's playing with Oposo and Gergensons, although uh, both of them scored double-digit goals last year. So 
I think it'd be best for him to be in the top six. But again, Hinnestroza is playing his way into those spots. So, See, I actually really like Quinn being with Gergensen's and Opozo because you're surrounding him with two guys who have been in the league forever. I, I, I think like, like Quinn's first couple games before he was, he was benched. I've said, I said this on uh, the last show too, but he looked completely out of his element. I think putting him next to two uh, certified NHL players like that, two older guys can kind of stabilize him a bit. And yeah, show him the right way, like a, sta- like a stabilizing force. Yes, yes. So that's why I'm a huge fan of. I call it the cog line. Uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, that trio, actually, because it's just you know it's a good, um, good insulate, uh, insulating uh, little force around him. I think for the time being. Yeah, I can see that. It's it just sucks having one of them in the press box. Yes, at least one of them. To be honest, day. I didn't even notice Krebs wasn't playing yesterday yeah, right i didn't even think once that he was one who sat i i've been iffy on Krebs in, in the mm-hmm. games he's played like you see the flashes but i think it's all about just putting it together i think it's too right. early to give up on him i it definitely way too early i would definitely mm-hmm. like to see what he has this year before like being firm okay this guy is in the core um I'm not quite there yet to put the stamp like Peyton Krebs will be here in three years time. I'd, yeah. I'd like to see uh, what he does for the rest of the season. But do you think that Rochester is a possibility for one of them at this point? And obviously not both of them, but I think it has to be. And who right. Would it, be? would it be Krebs? I don't know. I think it would be Quinn. Really? Okay. Yeah. Definitely, because um, he only played one year in the first place, right? Yeah, in Rochester. So Krebs I think it would a couple years older. At like Krebs has actually shown, I think that he can consistently play at this level, like effectively, right? Like mm-hmm. he's made plays before. Quinn just hasn't really shown that, in my opinion, at, at the, at NHL, the NHL, level. NHL level. Yeah, right at the NHL level. Um. So I I just think Quinn would be the obvious one. He's the younger of the two. Um, he's done less at in the NHL. Um, but I mean, who takes that spot? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough because you need an extra forward to take that spot. So yeah, Paterka obviously is sticking around. He has been lights out. Dynamite. I, I, yeah, he's been great. He's looking like a legitimate top six forward out there. So, yeah, I remember when they signed him to Stroza. This was the conversation. Like, they knew that they were getting into this. And mm. good on them for signing him to Stroza because he's been really good. Obviously, you want your young guys to be in the lineup, but I guess it's a good problem to have mm-hmm. that you have good depth finally that – your young players are going to have to earn it and yeah. they're trying to earn it right now. So mm-hmm. would like yeah, to see the, a big game out of both of them soon. I, I do see the problem too, in that obviously you won't, this goes without saying that you won't know what you have with Quinn unless he does play. So right. there is that problem there too. 
Uh, but I think if if they keep winning, though, if they get to six and three or whatever, you know, if they get to the middle of November with a respectable record, then uh, I don't know. You might think about making a roster move like that. Yeah, uh, I can see like the shuffling in and out of the press box for like another week or two. But if it goes beyond that, I would probably make a choice and send one of mm. them to Rochester at that point. Yeah. Uh, who would come up? I don't know. Maybe it's Honors Bjork. I know he's been playing pretty well in Rochester since he got demoted. We forgot to even mention that. It's the boring answer, but I think that's true. Right. Yeah. So maybe they can put Riley Shahan in the lineup consistently. Mm-hmm. Too. Like, again, he's a guy. He's not right. going to kill you. He's not going to put you over the top, but he's a guy. So, yeah. You know what? You know, what? I think I've never been in a locker room in my life, but I feel like they would, uh, you know, the coaching staff would prefer professionalism and NHL readiness uh, to anything else, right? A guy who can just come in and play and will be ready to play. Right. Yeah, I think I would definitely prefer having Shan in the lineup over Bjork. Mm-hmm. But I know Bjork is very loved in that room. I'm sure they're missing him in his goofiness. So Yeah, yeah. He is, yeah, uh, yeah. That's right. He was in the uh, the video where they're putting their hands in the um, yeah, the thing, the plat, the bin, with the toy spider. Mm. And I think we might have talked about this a week or two ago, but I would like I I would love to see because they're very much kumbaya, like we love each mm-hmm. other right now. But I would like to see what happens when a guy that is very loved in that room gets released or gets traded, something like yeah. that. I would like to see, like, Bjork was the first thought in my mind, like, oh, man, guy's really well-liked in the room. Like, Middlestad, very well-liked in the room. Mm-hmm. I want, like, if he gets traded at the deadline, at the draft, next year. Right. How does like that, that shake like, up the like, dynamic? Yeah. So, yeah. obviously, if you have a good culture, one little roster move should not destroy the room, mm-hmm. in theory. But That's what your leaders are for, right? Yeah, exactly. Keep that uh, that spirit alive. I think. Yeah. So it should be interesting. That's not a storyline, but something to keep an eye out for because it's very much like, remember, it's definitely in everyone's was, mind, though, right? It? Yeah. Who Trades was it? Trades are going to happen actually. Where people were like, oh, you can't, you can't make it, you can't move that guy because it's going to ruin the room or something like that. I don't remember mm. who it was. Was it Henestroza or Andrew? Uh, it was Anderson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't trade Anderson. Yeah. It's going to ruin the room because. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, they'll be fine if Craig Anderson gets traded. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, something to keep an eye out for. Just an observation on my part. Uh, do you have any more comments on upcoming games or the. Um, one thing I, I, I think we talk about or just address small part. Uh, well, shortly, I guess. Um, the power play really needs fixing. Yeah, who's who runs the power play? Is it Granado or is it Matt Ellis or Wilford? I'm yeah, not sure. Just from, but it's ex- bad. It's really bad. Yeah, just from my experience watching hockey, I would wonder if it would be Matt Ellis because I know he played like he did penalty kill and stuff when he was here, so he played special teams. Uh, I'm not sure who runs it though, but since Eichel has been gone. They've just they haven't found um the guy that the quarterback, if you will. They haven't found the guy who keeps it all together. Right. Like this goes back to last season. 
There's yeah, barely any structure. Year. Um it and it's carried over into this season where they can't get set up. Uh Rob Ray made the point yesterday that it just looks slow. They're they're I think they're yeah. they're and it's true, they're just taking away too much time. They're they're passing it, they're getting it to the open guy, but not quick enough because you don't get any shots off. I mean, you're, they only you're had not really 15 seeing, shots yesterday. You're not really seeing Victor Olofsson get set up and ripping it as much anymore either. Right. And Olofsson, he's got four goals, but all of them came in like garbage time. Yeah. During wins. So uh it's just it's hot and cold. Yeah, they gotta figure it out. And hopefully the floodgates will just open because they have the talent to have a couple units absolutely like you think how how can you not establish a good possession with a guy like Rasmus Dallin on your first power play Victor Olsen power yeah yeah hell I don't care at this point put power and Dallin out there at the same time put them both on the first power play just get something get some kind of semblance of consistency going because I can't stand uh just the play dying as soon as they get into the offensive zone on the power play right yeah, so they got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they do. They, but... It's like they 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 don't they don't get a good flow going ninety percent of the time until there's already a minute gone from the power play. Yeah, and that's not good. <laughs> that kills you. And if you're not scoring on the power play, like yeah. you're not going to really go far. Like, and five it... on five scoring is important, but if you're not scoring on the power play too, you gotta yeah, yeah figure it out. And it makes it even harder to look at guys like Quinn, who was on the second unit yesterday. I mean, his his goal that was taken away was a power play goal, and you uh, you don't get to look at those guys. So it's they have a, a lot of work to do. Is Paterka getting power play time? I don't remember. I, no, I don't, I don't think so. so. No, he would. He. They I don't understand him on the why first power play unit. If yeah. if there's anyone at least resembling. Jack Eichel, like you mentioned, like running a power play. I bet he could do it. I wouldn't be surprised. The penalty kill has been good, I think. Yeah, they got you have Asplund there. You have Gergensen's. They've been good there. Yeah. So, but the power play is a freaking mess right now. Yeah. Like if you have like even just league average power play mm-hmm. like, even like if they get to above average like you got a fighting chance they're already scoring three goals a game yeah right which i mean when you're doing that i mean god that's a completely different team from what we've seen <laughs> for 10 years now um yeah you're right and you you know those the power play should be a, a chance to uh that should be a difference maker, but it's just it's been a non-factor Isn't in their crazy game. Crazy that Jeff Skinner is not effective on the power play. I don't understand how like a yeah. player his caliber and goal scorer is not good on the power play. He's never really been a he's always been a five on five scorer, like always. Mm-hmm. So right. it's not I think just that's like why... an anomaly this year where he can't play on the power play. Yeah, he's he's better when he's moving, I think. Right. I feel like yeah, uh, that's, most fair. Are, that's yeah. a fair assessment. So can't really the, the ice isn't as open, right? To make to uh to make a play. Yeah. As, as he is wants to do. I feel like yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah so, so there's they reasons. Got, they got a few 
couple games coming up against teams that they should beat. So that's I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully that they can just clobber Montreal and Chicago here and just mm-hmm. take these four points and keep chugging along. Uh some somewhat exciting news. Reverse retro jersey got yes revealed. It's a white goat head as uh, expected. No gray really on the jersey, but I like it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I like it, but I gotta be honest with you. I wish the shoulders were blue. Yeah, uh, that was kind of a oh, right. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not perfect Bummer. by any means, but I like it. I'm gonna mm-hmm. buy it. Right, um, there's there's reverse retros that are worse, like Columbus's. Oh, Columbus's is just trash. It's, it looks it's, like <laughs> it's their home jersey with blue on the shoulders. Yeah, I I don't like that one. <laughs> I think that's the worst one of the bunch, honestly. It's they 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 are like incapable of wearing a good jersey. I liked their uh reverse retro from a couple years ago though. The red one. Oh yeah, that one was good actually. That one was yeah, good. that was fun. Yeah. Uh yeah, I like the 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 crest for the Sabres one, the goat head. It, with the white on white, it looks Yes. Kind of like uh, 3D-ish a little bit. I don't know how mm-hmm. to describe it, but we don't know like what they're going to be wearing with it, like what gloves, what pants, what socks yet. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this has potential to be really nice on ice. Very mixed reviews from the fans on the jersey, but I'm a, I'm a fan. I like it. It, it could have been a lot worse. You know, it's it's nice. it, you know what? You know, you know how I'm justifying actually the no blue on the shoulders. I'm saying, well... It's a white version of the home jersey. <laughs> it, they, they, they just took the black, made it white, got rid of the gray. That's all. Really? That, you're probably right. Right? You're probably right. Do you see what the Hurricanes did? Yeah, isn't it? it? It's just like, isn't that their current away? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. And like all the rumors leading up to it had been they're going to do some kind of Maybe whalers. a black and red whalers. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was seeing. I'm just kind of surprised that that wasn't the case. But you know what? I guess fine. The whalers thing might be a little played out. Embrace your own identity, perhaps, right. even though they can't seem to settle on identities best five years because they've they gone switch every year, basically. They do. Now, suppose, I guess their home jersey is a black one this year, the, is, the diagonal yeah. canes. Uh, Have you seen their. Uh, 25th anniversary jersey or whatever yes. here it is. I love it. They, they they never should have switched. Yeah, it's it's a very nice jersey. Like obviously we hate Carolina. We still yeah. present them for 2006, yeah. but it's a nice jersey. It like, is. They wore the shade it, uh... of red is beautiful. Like it's just a you want to call it a classic at this point, but it's a classic. It's very nice. Hey, they won it. They won a Stanley Cup in it. Um, congrats to them. Right. Yeah. Screw you. <laughs> So, but yeah, so maybe they'll go back to it. I doubt it, but the nice Bruin is a really nice looking one. Yeah, I love the Pooh Bear jersey. Yes. A white version of it. Very yes, nice. Yes, that adorable little Pooh Bear. <laughs> the uh, Capitals bringing the soaring eagle, screaming yes. eagle back. Love that one. Yeah, so which which round of Resretros uh, do you like better? This one or... um. Oh, that's a good question. I like this one. I think this one's really good. 
The Sharks There's, one is really yes, good. Yes, yes. Oh God. Oh. They they knocked that one out of the park. I thought I didn't know I didn't before the rumors started going. I wondered if they were gonna like say seals on it still, but mm. I think doing sharks in that golden seals font was a very nice touch. The sharks are doing pretty well on their jerseys this year. I, I like their redesign. I'm all right all with the teal. Yeah, Honestly, I I, they, they could have done better, but I like. I give it. like a six out of ten. Yeah, pretty, uh, it's, overall, it's young. Pretty good. It's better than what they had before. It's just it's a little boring, but not 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 more boring than what they were wearing last year. So whatever. It's like when the Sabers went from the Reebok Edge Navy to the Adidas Navy. Yeah, yeah. Better, but could have been better. Right. They just got rid of the gray, the awkward piping, and yeah. Right. Uh, what were what were some disappointments for you? For reverse retro, yeah, for reverse retro. I have it brought up now. Uh, oh wait, can I name one more that I love? Oh yeah, go for it. Go the for Ducks. It. Really? I, I feel like it's very. Uh, I don't know. Listen, if they, I, I would be perfectly cool if they wore the or their current orange, and a white version of that as their home in a way. And I think if you take this reverse retro and just make the lines horizontal, you have the perfect away uniform for the ducks. I, the, 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 like you said, the reverse retro and the orange, I would definitely prefer that to what mm. their current set is. Uh, I, I think the ducks have some of the worst jerseys in the NHL with the, with the, the D logo. I, I hate it. I think it's D, terrible. The D is played out. We don't want to see the D anymore. Yeah, bring back the the old Mighty Ducks logo for sure. Um yeah. Yes, please. Um disappointment. King, the Kings are good. I bring back the purple and gold. Yeah. I don't know what they're thinking. Is it like a a thing with the Lakers that they don't they can't wear that anymore? No, like I doubt it. I think I feel like they everyone would embrace that. Almost. Yeah, I, the NHL needs more purple. I'm telling you. It does. Purple's a good color in a jersey. I love it. Uh, Dis- I like the Coyotes, too. Like the, yes. the orange jersey. Very nice. Yeah, I have no problems with them, right? Because they did the same design last time. Yeah. But I like them experimenting with different colors. Mm-hmm. Adidas is going to be so missed when they're gone. Yeah. I I hope they can figure something out. <laughs> if we don't continue to get reverse retro or something akin to it. Oh, what a loss. Yeah, and I'm sure it's a huge money grab too. Like, oh, every certainly. team gets a, a third jersey or even a fourth jersey. Some teams have third jerseys already. Yeah. So, like the Sabres this year, they got four jerseys. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it'd be nice if they can figure something out to like prolong this, like even a different concept, not even necessarily reverse retro. Like, if Nike takes over, yeah, they do something similar. So, you asked me about disappointments. Bad ones, yeah. There's not many. Um, I would say, I think the Rangers really took a boring route. They just changed the tint of blue from their last. Right. Part. That's all they did, and they kept the red on. Uh, on the on the wrist. Um. So yeah, the Rangers, Detroit. I think could have done better. They don't have much to draw on though. Yeah. Same thing um, with Chicago. Yes. Yeah, a, a little boring there, but 
you're right. Nothing. Montreal's is kind of interesting with the Expos color scheme. Yes, I love the Expos homage, but I wish that stripe was red. Right. Very small nitpick, but a loss. Um, the Robo Penguins back. That's right. That is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Very gorgeous. Um, the Jets. Okay. Uh, now, I think I said this to you a while ago, but Chris Creamer from uh, SportsLogos.net. He made. Uh, oh, you know, what? actually, it was either him or the aesthetics guy who made the. Um, what's it called threads uh threads of the game or something um but it's 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 a jersey history like coffee table book almost oh yeah yeah every team and the jets they actually have never before seen pictures of their 1993 or 92 uh rebrand when they introduced the modernized jets word script logo if you will um and one of the jerseys that they had actually had these colors. Oh, interesting. it was it was blue instead of uh, red and white. So I think, you know, it's cool as an homage to that um, never before seen look. Um, we mentioned Columbus and I think the Islanders lack of teal is pretty disappointing. It's definitely better than their last one, which was just a navy version of a darker blue version of their current jersey so mm-hmm. I, I i like that the fisherman's back very cool i just think that this round of reverse retros is awesome yeah like some different stuff too like florida's jersey mm-hmm. is interesting too i don't think they've ever they've never worn the like i think that's their shoulder that was their shoulder patch the palm tree cross with a hockey stick that's like the main cross that's kind of cool Right, that shade of blue too. Like from, is that from going off of their like 2010, 2011 third jersey? Yeah, I think that shade of blue would be. Um, but it looks like the the jersey itself is the Stanley Cup years, right? Uh yeah. So that's um, cool. yeah, I I really like it. Vegas's too is interesting with the the glow in the yes. dark. I because with Seattle and Vegas, like they don't really have a lot to go off of there mm-hmm. at all. So I like how on Vegas's reverse retro jerseys, they went with like, oh, this is like what it would have looked like if it was 1980. Yeah. So that's, I like that. That's cool. As much as um, I hate Vegas now, but yeah, good jersey. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't have any complaints about um many teams. Yeah. And as we said like a week or two ago, we're in two goat heads after mm-hmm. so many years of waiting, you know. I'll take it. So, you know, quit your whining if you're one of those whiners out there. Uh by the way, the name of that book is Fabric of the Game. Okay. By Chris Creamer. All right. If you don't have anything else, I have this week's guy of the week. Oh, yes. Let's hear it. I've been thinking about this all week. Mm-hmm. Been a tough one. But my guy of the week. Still debating it in my head. Mm-hmm. My guy of the week is none other than Zach Dalpy 
Oh, remember Zach Dolphy? Yes, I do. <clears throat> he was on the the tanking Sabers team way back when. I'm gonna bring up his elite prospects yeah. page really quick because I and don't remember what year he was. From what I remember, he had a really good potential rating in NHL 14, maybe or 13. I think. You know what I get on. He was a pretty big prospect for the Hurricanes at one point. He was oh the Hurricanes, really? yeah, the Hurricanes drafted. Yeah, he was a second round pick in 2008 with the Hurricanes. So yeah, I'm looking at his stats now. He he was a BCH. He got drafted out of the BCHL and then went to Ohio State for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Then he went right into the NHL. Pretty good AHL numbers. I don't know what happened to the guy, but. Uh, yeah, he was on the Sabres in 14-15, played 21 games, had one goal. But back in 2014-15, when I first made my Twitter account, when Zach Dolpy scored his first NHL goal, I said, like quote tweeted it, like the Sabres tweet, and said probably his last. <laughs> and Jesus. Would you like? Would you like to guess who liked the tweet? <laughs> was it him? It was Zach Dolpy himself. Oh. He liked the tweet. And let's count how many goals Zach Dolpy had after that. He scored one goal in two games with the Minnesota Wild in 15-16. He scored one goal for the Minnesota Wild in 16-17. And he has he took a couple years where he did not score a goal for the Columbus Blue Jackets, but in 2021, he did score two goals. Look at that. Yeah, so he's scored to like four or five goals since but yeah so i was wrong i this is my formal apology to zach dolpy but yes this guy is a charlotte checkers legend yeah he's still on the charlotte checkers yeah because he signed with florida through an organization change he's still (laughs) there i'm sure that guy's number is gonna be hanging from the rafters over there yeah good god he scored 30 goals for him last year he is, for some reason, this, this is, is definition another of an AHL legend. Yeah, this is another also potential guy of the week who I actually get Zach Dolpy confused with. Jamie Tardif. Remember him? Oh, man. That's yeah. like that's like the, oh, we want to get harder to play against era Darcy Regeer Sabres. Yeah. What do you play, like one game, two games? Um, I don't even remember. Never. It's been, it was a long up. time ago. He played for the Americans, though. He had okay. some pretty good seasons there. Jamie Tardif. Wow. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to your guy of the week next week. This is yeah, gonna I got to put my This is going to be a fun thing that uh, the listeners are going to be looking forward to, hopefully. Yes. And if anyone has any suggestions for future segments, like fun stuff like this, feel free to hit us up on Twitter at CO underscore TCB underscore pod. We will gladly take suggestions Indeed. and if you have any questions uh that you would like us to answer again co underscore tcb underscore pod we will gladly answer any questions that you guys have we appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to follow us on twitter so yeah luke do you have anything before we sign off here nothing else all right good stuff uh big games coming up for the savers hopefully they can rebound from that horrendous loss to the Seattle cracking yesterday. Uh I'm on Twitter at Joe Marino TCB. Luke's on Twitter LVKETCB. 
And, of course, follow the Charging Buffalo at the Charging Buff on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you are subscribed to the Charge free newsletter. It comes in your mailbox once a week. Make sure you're subscribed to that. Good stuff there. And just make sure you're subscribed to our podcast. We're just about everywhere, I believe. Uh, mainly yes. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Google Podcasts. So make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. And we're going to be tweeting out the links to all the major platforms on our Twitter as well. So make sure you don't miss it. And if you are subscribed, leave a review if you're so kind. And once again, we appreciate you for listening, and we'll see you in the next one.